I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gemar Leadership Podcast. My name is Christian. I am your host. But today we are continuing our conversation with Dr. James Awe. So we're going to jump right in. Dirk and James are getting into an interesting conversation about global health initiatives. We'll start there and we'll see where it leads. Um, James, you are somebody with a broad array of interests and talents. So this is why I have to change tax here with, with so many questions we have to we have to ask you because you're you, you have so many interests. So um, your work, as, as Christian uh, mentioned in the intro, uh, involves global health initiatives for disadvantaged communities. And so, hey, let's talk about that for a moment. How can leaders in the corporate world contribute to global health and social uh, responsibility efforts? What, what would be your, your, your thoughts there if you're you know, taking a bit of a wider, uh, wider approach? Yeah, I, I think companies have always had an interest in corporate social responsibility, if you will, but now ESGs, right? environmental sustainable governance so it's becoming um much more embedded and integrated in sort of operational plans for a lot of organizations and we're in uncertain times climate change post-pandemic geopolitical poverty racism you name it it's an endless list so i think um i think more and more organizations are are recognizing that's important to not make things worse and there's so many uh, cause, they're all important. All the causes are important. So I think really organizations and leaders need to find something they're passionate about, that they really think that they can make a change. Uh, and the other thing that's, that's worked is getting involved with peer groups, so not just doing an internal, but talking to other executives or leaders or influencers across different industries to say, hey, how can we help and collaborate together to do something that has got longevity? The other thing my experience in Africa was it's always the same stuff. It's like, um, are you coming back? Um, what are the relationships? Um, are you trying to do a top-down approach or bottom-up? So as an example, in Africa, what really worked for us was using the World Health Organization protocols, the UN stuff, the community health workers, relationships on the ground with the medical. So you really need to sort of amplify and help on the execution of things that they already know exist, but they just don't seem to have the resources or the um, the ability to, to kind of deliver on these things. So. Um, hey, there's so many important causes right now. So I think it, it is becoming part of, um, you know, the armamentarium and re responsibility of leaders. It's just a matter of figuring out which one you want to tackle and how and developing a team and not sort of a one and done, something that's sort of sustainable. So, um, and then, you know, don't, like we were talking at the outset, you know, don't, don't try to become an expert in something you're not an expert in. Like, you know, mm -hmm. talk to the experts, like for instance, for um, ESG, there's a UN Sustainable Development Goals, United Nations, right? And then for World Health Organization, they set up very strong public health protocols based on regions and needs. So, you know, start with the active listening, 
and then sort of um, then start sharing about what your capabilities are and don't overpromise and under deliver and then figure out the funding and the resources because all these things are long haul game they're not short term and um, and the problems are immense so sometimes you can get overwhelmed and if you do do the donations you know do more governance about where you think your money's being allocated because uh, sometimes it feels good but you don't really know what happened to to that donation okay. uh, yeah. 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 No. So, 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 James, that's good. I actually have two follow-on questions for this. So, so um, you mentioned an interest uh, intro that you're involved with. You're co-founder of uh, Navisa. That's a, a non-profit organization on focus on chronic disease prevention in in, in, in Africa. And and so, um, what would you if you're saying something? Hey, I'm I'm interested. I'm, I'm I want to get going. How would you start? Someone saying, Hey, this is how I get involved, do we have a brainstorming, what people are passionate about, what the world needs? How, how do we get going to, I mean, you you, you get, I, I guess, so many, as you say, so many good causes out there, you cannot do them all, you have to focus somewhere. What what, what would be your thoughts? Your thoughts yeah, I guess, it, I guess it depends on the different levels, life stage also, and, mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and role within an organization. Maybe I'll start with um, the younger generation, Volunteerism is good for your health. You know, people want to join companies that have uh, purpose, uh, that are helping others, that have um, are are doing good, and um, and young folks are very entrepreneurial, and uh, they've kind of mastered social media and social ecosystems to kind of very quickly create groups with passion and 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 intent. Uh, they might be a bit raw, <laughs> like in terms of life experiences, but they sure have energy. So I think, you know, phase one is listen to your employees, listen to the younger generation. What's the, what are their hot buttons? What do they have the energy and the passion for? So that's kind of one. Um, for the more senior folks, in my experience, you know, being on Bay Street, you know, taking care of doctors for 20, taking care of patients, I should say, for 20 plus years, um, it's usually a personal story, you know? So it's usually something like, oh, my relative had this condition or this affected me personally. And so they really kind of get into it. They have a personal connection to the cause and they then they start listening. So who else is in the space? How can I help? What's what's going well, what's not going so well? And then they start to come up with solutions because they're emotionally invested. So for senior folks, they usually find some kind of a personal connection to these things. And then for other folks, it's like, again, don't reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of people that do this stuff for a living, not for profit. They do this, you know, this is their life. And so, um, you know, reach out to the community centers, these different uh, not-for-profit organizations and start, um, you know, uh, setting up meetings and try to understand what they do. And, um, and also take, take a look, good look at yourself in the mirror about what, what is your intent? What, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you, are you just trying to pad your resume? You're really trying to do something here. Like what, why are you involved? And, um, um, you know, so so if, you, if all these things are connected, if it's something that you're passionate about, you feel that you can make a difference and, and you can collaborate with people because, you know, the old sayings, it takes a village, you can never do something alone. And you're with people because it's all volunteer stuff that you're working with people that you care and respect about and you're in for the long haul. Um, hey, it's really rewarding and it's good for your health. No, oh, and, and and so I want to keep. Uh, so I, I wrote that down. Volunteering is good for your health, and you mentioned that twice. So that that's a good good uh, 
uh, takeaway uh, right right here, and I guess a good additional uh, uh, incentive to 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 get involved. And uh, so then the 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 other thing I just wanted to pick up on because I'm you know picking up some some uh, recurring themes here, and 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 you kept saying a few times, hey, listen to uh, to the experts. And I think if I think about COVID uh, crisis and the leaders of the various health organizations that ran point in different countries um, to to help guide, uh, I guess, politicians and policymakers um, at that level. There, there was that, that, you know, sometimes difficult, um, you know, relationship between the, the experts uh, on the one hand and then, you know, politicians who have to have many, many other uh, consideration. And so, again, that, that was a crisis. And what would you think is about learning here that goes beyond that specific? When I say, "Hey, here I'm in a crisis. Um, how, how do I how do I handle uh, that? Where maybe I am the expert, but people aren't listening to me uh, because they have other things on their mind. Just just some some thoughts uh, some thoughts on that. Yeah, I think um, one of the challenges is um, the pace of change and fake news, and um, you know everything's a headline lack of depth and sometimes you worry the experts are getting lost you know <laughs> like the ones that have dedicated their whole career to everything that's like i don't want to do any of that social media because i don't want to be attacked and and berated and then you you wonder about the other ones that are masterful at communication but they're kind of short on substance so they're like they're not deep so i would say one of the risks and challenges of these things is distractions it's just way too many distractions on this 24 7 news cycle short hit social media influencers uh, bad information um uh which actually medicine is going through a crisis right now sort of the anti-vaxxers the anti-science the anti-medicine antitrust so that's a problem that was been kind of brewing and and uh you know it, it remains a problem so effective communication something called implementation science like we know what to do how do we get the message across how do we get it from the bench in the lab to the bedside it's an ongoing problem in medicine, but amplified because of um, of uh, the speed of social technology. So I think that's kind of one aspect of it is like, who is really an expert? Like, so the credentials matter, like credentials matter. Are you really an expert or are you just have a kind of a poser <laughs> who knows how to Google and cut and paste or a chat GPT expert? Um, so who are the real experts? I think, I think, and we need to help the real experts better with communication um, and, um, and uh, yeah, and we just and the pace of change. There's just so much happening right now: climate change, war, and you know the markets, economy. So it gets very distracting. So one of the things that impacts individuals, as well as is easy to understand, it's just hard to execute on, is neglect. Mm -hmm. So if you think about wellness, personal wellness, it's your physical health, your psychological health, your community, your relationships, your financial health. Um, job satisfaction but if you lean all in on one and you neglect the others you're, you're not well and something's going to suffer so you know if you just pick one lane versus trying to balance all the different lanes and pace yourself um, then you're probably better off in the long term but hey the context of that is life stages when you're young and you're getting your career going you got to grind it out eh there's no quick uh, you, you got to become an expert you got to grind you got to put your time in but when you're older and more senior and you've had different things, you can be more choosy about how you can kind of leverage your time and 
and, and where you want to spend it. So it all goes in different states. And when you have young children and all these kinds of things. So I found the whole well-being thing, a lot of it depends on life stage. And another thing that's a coping mechanism, which I find interesting, is this concept of flow. Uh, Dr. Mikhail C., he's got a long last name, but he talks about being in the pocket, right? Like if you're overskilled and understimulated, then you're bored. If you're underskilled and overstimulated, you're anxious, right? So it's the pocket of sort of, um, hey, this is interesting, it's cool, I'm growing. It's just the right amount of tension, it's good for you. But too much of it uh, is bad for you. Uh, or sometimes too much flow is, turns into a workaholic. Because yeah. it's, it's almost like, hey, it's fueling my addiction of like my ego and my power. And you know, this is how, but then you neglect your relationships. You know, you neglect your community, you neglect your health. So it's all a balancing act. Oh, and that uh, so I mean, that's good. Again, this, we could have an entire uh, podcast uh, podcast on this, but I wrote one word down here that you mentioned, or two words: implementation science. Uh, you know, you got to make it happen. Um, you know, you got to know the stuff. You got to make it happen. So, so good, good, good advice uh, here. Um, we're coming a little bit uh, to uh, to the, the our end here, but uh, my last question uh, uh, and is uh, just just very. Practically, right, is uh, hey, what are some everyday common health challenges that leaders face? Because, because I need to maintain my own health in a, in a stressful a job, but I also need to lead my team effectively, and and so if all of this going on, what would be some good, you know, health habits? Maybe every day, you know, you brush your teeth, you do those things. Are there some some healthy things? easy to implement, maybe, hopefully, healthy breakfast, or I, I don't know. So you're the expert. What what, sure. what would be some practical here now? Uh, tips that you can leave yeah so so the usual physical stuff is being a master you know four parts exercise nutrition stress management sleep so that that's sort of the big four uh, psychological health is a whole other bucket but usually it boils down to habits so create sort of good daily habits and so um, you know start strong um, you know do something physical that makes you sweat well on the, on the exercise stuff it's aerobic strength strength stretching you know, on the habit stuff, you know, um, Mediterranean diet always seems to go to the top of the studies, um, you know, plant-based, healthy sources of protein, um, you know, avoid over too much processed foods, um, you know, everything in moderation, don't drink too much, don't smoke, et cetera, et cetera. Sleep's huge. The older you get, sleep becomes a weapon. Rest, restoration becomes very important. It's a problem actually for young people now because everybody's on their devices. So before they go to bed, they're catching up on all their uh, social media hits and Netflix, whatever. Um, and stress management, that's a whole other podcast, okay? And then mental health and resiliency, that's a whole other podcast. But, you know, the, the quick hits are basically start strong, gratitude journal, you know, some meditation, mindfulness, do something with nature, grounding kind of exercises, um, something physical that makes you sweat. During the days, take some breaks. Um, you know, at nighttime, have a good routine before you go to sleep. And then during the week, kind of make sure that you're working on your other non-work self, have hobbies, get them in the schedule, uh, 10,000 coffees with your friends and mentors that are not related to work, you know, remind, get the humanity back and uh, have fun, play. And then at the end of the day, all this stuff is anchored by social relationships. So creating all these different social relationships and that gives you balance. Because uh, there'll always be work, there'll always be things to do, there'll always be different ways that you pay the bills. 
but the other stuff takes time and energy and there's no quick hits. So social relationships, social infrastructure, um, it's a two-way conversation and it takes time. If Dirk, you and I are talking, we, you know, we, we, our relationship was like, whatever, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. So relationships and trust take time. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if he just pinged me. <laughs> so, and, 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 and so, so that's, that's true. And, and, and even if I, while I was listening to you, I think we hit at least three uh, right now. We're on a Friday morning here. So we're starting, uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're starting strong. We're certainly having fun. So that's, that's the second one. And as you said, you know, we, we really have, a, a, you know, worked together many years ago. And I, I was trying to think it's more than 20 for sure. Uh, and, and here we are and, and pick things up uh, where, where we, where we, where we left off, right? And and so those those, those things uh, were, were all uh, fantastic. So uh, one of my key takeaways here is James, we we will have to have you back, right? We we identified uh, you know lots of top uh, podcast topics uh, here, uh, but we we are running up on time. But before we let you go, uh, we got to give it back to Christian here. Uh, Want to maybe have a question from you, and then uh, we. We always look forward to the Christian summary. I mean, when we get feedback, right? We get a lot of feedback on the podcast from people out of the world. And hey, Christian summary is what uh, people love. But he needs something to summarize, right? So, so, so James, we got a lot of stuff. Big challenge for Christian <laughs> this time to to package all of that uh, together together today. Yeah. No, thank thank you both so much. I'm going to jump right in here very quickly with a couple of questions. But first, I'll say, Dr. James, I do have a lot to summarize. I know people can't see, but I'll hold it up for you. I got <laughs> notes upon notes here that I'm looking at. Very, very helpful stuff. And uh, I'm going to come in with perhaps one more serious question and then one more a bit more fun question. But um, first of all, that last uh, that last bit of the conversation, very helpful. A lot of important stuff there. Um, a lot of people know who listen that I'm in uh, a PhD program and like most uh, fourth year PhDs, I also am teaching a course on the side, I'm TAing, I'm having a campus job, so definitely a lot of pressure. And I know being in a PhD program and many other uh, different academic programs, whatever they might be, pressure is certainly a question in the first couple of years. And I imagine this is in a lot of different areas, we'll talk about imposter syndrome being the big thing we have to deal with, but then get into your third and fourth year, that's when people start talking about burnout syndrome, which a lot of reading on and a lot of different approaches to that. I've been reading philosophy as an approach to that. Of course, health and fitness as a response and various other things. So maybe I'll just ask you, since you and Dirk uh, got to know each other, we talked about your history a bit at Husky and uh, getting to know each other there, starting out as young leaders. So maybe uh, just drilling down a bit more on that last conversation, if you have any advice for for young people, not necessarily still in school, but maybe it's early stage of their career or um, first major job, we could say like that. Any advice for them as they navigate working with that pressure that might be a new pressure in their situation? Yeah, no, that's a great, uh, great comments, Christian. And thanks for the question. And burnout definitely is a problem in the healthcare sector. So purpose is not enough. You know, all the, everyone in healthcare wants to help people, but um, eventually they get into physical and emotional exhaustion. And that's when all the negative stuff starts to happen. So we, we do have to take care of ourselves. I would say for young people, um, it's the fear of missing out. There's too much pressure on you folks to succeed and you don't have all the life experiences and, and the pace of change is so fast that sometimes it creates this sort of um, 
uh, unreachable goal, right? And um, so that puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on younger folks. And then there's always this generation gap of um, older folks maybe don't quite, um, can't quite relate to the world that you folks are in, uh, in terms of the pressures that put upon the younger generation. I, I would say, you know, besides the stuff I was talking about earlier, about daily habits and exercise, nutrition, hobbies, et cetera, is mentorship. So I think what really helped me a lot in my early in my career um, was to seek out mentors. And so mentors is always a two-way street. And uh, you know, you don't just take, you also have to give. Um, but you and and the thing when you get older, you realize nobody's perfect. And so nobody has all the answers. But there might be a mentor in your life that you respect. That person's a great community leader. That person's a great executive. That person's a great parent. That person's a funny, fun person. You know, so there might be different aspects of um, the continuum of humanity or humane, you know, characteristics that you aspire to or you you respect. That it's great if you can find ways to develop these relationships because what it does is it grounds you, and it gives you perspective, and it helps kind of center you and balance you, saying, "Hey, things will be okay. Things are going to work out." You're gonna have good days and bad days. That's okay, um, and uh, it's all part of the journey. And uh, just learn your craft, enjoy the ride. You're only young once. Don't worry. The responsibilities come later. Okay, <laughs> like, don't, like, don't worry. They're coming. <laughs> like, so right. now have fun, enjoy the moment, learn your trade. This is what I tell my kids. They're both in their twenties. They're both suckers for punishment. They're both in med school, and so um, I say, learn your trade. You got a front row seat to the cool stuff ever. Don't worry, the responsibilities come later. Enjoy yourself, enjoy the ride, get stimulated, learn your craft. Then you get a platform, build your brand, then you make your connections, it'll work out, okay? And then it's okay, it's okay to fail, now's the good time to fail because you're gonna learn from it, okay? Responsibilities come later. So all this kind of stuff is like with your mentors, you get different life perspectives. And then it's all inclusion, sorry, diversity of thought is huge. Like that, that also helped me in my career is talking to people that do different things because they give you a different take on stuff and they might be successful in one aspect of their life, has nothing to do with your career, but they've got that it, like something is working for them. And, um, and if you can figure that out or get some sort of halo you know, dust from that, that's always good. And then also hustle is important. So optimism and grit, like when you're young, uh, I haven't met anybody who's been successful who's not worked hard. Mm -hmm. But if you can work hard with purpose and, and there's context, then it's tolerable, okay? But if you're working hard and there's no purpose and context, then it's miserable, okay? So I don't know, there's something called, um, have you heard of Iggy Kai? I-K-I-G-A-E, Iggy Kai is sort of a concept of of the balancing act between of wellness and purpose, right? So something you love, something you're passionate about, something the world needs, something you can be acknowledged for. So life's a Venn diagram. Life's a Venn diagram. And um, it's full of ups and downs, right? So, but that's okay. That's what makes life interesting. Yeah. Oh, that, that's wonderful. And Dr. James, I could say on the Gemar Leadership Podcast where often saying we're all about getting practical here for leaders and you definitely brought that to the conversation today. So much practical advice and uh, the favorite one I have written down here is have fun. So out of all the practical advice we've gotten today and throughout our history on this podcast, this is a first for have fun. So I hope people 
remember that and actually see the many health benefits, not just for you, but for your organization. So that that's wonderful. And another thing we like to do on the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, not only get practical, but also we like to talk about different uh, international uh, things and realities. Dirk and I are based in Canada, but we like to get out into the globe. So we talked about uh, some of your initiatives and work in Africa, but in the start of your intro, one of the points there was you had some time in Barbados and of course being Barbadian myself, I'd love to hear a bit more about your time in Barbados. So maybe you can tell us about that. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. In the third year of med school, you could do an elective um, in, a, in a developing world or different kind of experience. So I was initially I was looking at Africa, even, you know, I eventually got to Africa uh, in later in my career, but then it was too much of a commitment. So then we had a relationship with the University of West Indies uh, out of uh, Barbados, right, and Jamaica and stuff. And so he said, well, why don't you do a stint there? Because it's great, you know, it's civilized, British colony, but it's they've got issues, rural medicine. So I said, sure, that sounds good. So I signed up and I got uh, a rotation in Bridgetown, Barbados, mm -hmm. at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital for six weeks catching babies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I did obstetrics kind of call it. You wouldn't want me catching babies now. But uh, back then as a med student, you know, I remember, uh, you know, birds were flying in, you know, there's no, the windows are all open for the ventilation. And, um, uh, you know, it was quite, quite interesting uh, and wonderful. And I uh, had a great time, you know, learned how to windsurf badly uh, <laughs> when I was in Barbados and St. Lawrence Gap and all that good stuff and uh flying fish and all the spicy pepper stuff love the food mm. made some good friends it was quite an adventure so that's the other advice to young people is um you know adventure you know okay. think big try different things get out of your comfort zone uh you know just try different things you never know what's going to happen and so i think that was that ex that experience looking back probably uh fueled my interest in global health because mm -hmm. then I got into travel tropical medicine and got interested in all this infectious disease stuff. Um, but yeah, no, Barbados was amazing. And one quick funny story was um, typical Canadian uptight, you know, trying to show up on time. And then I remember, you know, everyone just ribbing me, you know, uh, don't worry, the bus gets here when the bus gets here. And, you know, why are you so fussed around stuff and you're so uptight? Right. <laughs> like right. The West End. But then if there's a topic that you're passionate about, you could have people like who would win Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson, like they would argue and, you know, like very passionate conversations over like something, but other things like, hey, you need my car and you got to stay in my house and no problem. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's, it's quite a uh, endearing culture. And uh, I've been there a, a few times actually with my family. We've gone back. So we love it. So anyway, oh. I can go on about Barbados. That's another podcast. Yeah, it's another podcast. No, no, that, that's wonderful. And it's a breath of fresh air. So sometimes being on this uh, podcast with Dirk, very German, we're very prompt and on time. Sometimes we just need to talk about Barbados there and slowing down a little bit and just enjoying some good food. So that that helps us out a little bit, Dr. James. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's another wonderful piece of advice. Um, adventure is good. And I like what you mentioned earlier, getting out in nature. So whether that is uh, I like to garden and you like to learn how to windsurf badly, whatever it might be, Dirk, I'm sure you have something a bit of rucking I know you're into, but that is so important. And Dr. James, we can safely say it's important because you let us know. So thank you so much. Well, it was a pleasure having uh, being here and thank you so much for inviting me. And I love this uh, uh, powerful tandem 
father-son dynamic duo. <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. And so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, happy to uh, help you guys, on however I can help you folks on whatever you guys are doing. And uh, thanks again. No, thank you. And Dirk, any last words from you? No last word for me. We're going to have fun. James was fun to have you here. And, and uh, so thanks so much. That was uh, fantastic. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Jemar Leadership Podcast. Again, that was an amazing conversation with Dr. James Ah. We started with global health initiatives and social responsibility, made it all the way to the end with some fun, but ever so helpful conversation. So we hope that you will tune in again next time on the Jamar Leadership Podcast when Dirk and I will take some time to just briefly think about our conversation with James. We'll discuss what we learned, but also how we might implement some of the strategies and some of the various different ideas that he brought to the table as it relates to health and leadership. Until then, take care.